Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Welcome to the Canicuck Institute. We are so excited today to have Chad Hamps in the audience with us, sharing with us the truths about marriage. Man, Chad, talk to us a little bit. This week, we've been talking about marriage, and you and Kat have one of the greatest marriages I've ever seen, and and I love your kiddos. Uh, you've raised four wonderful kids, and, and I just love to watch what God has done in your life and how He's using you today. Will you please talk to us a little bit about, what, you know, how long have you been married, Chad? Yeah, so Kat and I are uh, we're 21 years old. Oh, in, my and, word, that and, doesn't it, seem possible. It seems like a blink of the eye for sure, and... You know, I think you and Karen experienced this week as well, but it's um, it's amazing how many of our students don't have an example exactly of marriage and um, almost overwhelming. I think yeah. just to hear some of the things that they've they've gone through or experienced yeah. or seen in their in their own lives, and so it just feels so important to just give them a framework of yeah, not even just marriage, but just healthy relationships mm. and how do we communicate and how do we have conflict and mm-hmm. still be healthy and mm-hmm. not sweep it under the rug. And so we had a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you I and know Karen you did. did as well. And it's just really fun to be with the students and open their eyes yeah. to the fact that you don't have to be what your parents were yeah. or your grandparents. And not that their parents all had bad marriages, but they get yeah. the privilege through what's happened in their life. Well, so- I love listening to you, you know, knowing you almost your life. And seeing you with your mom and dad, you had a great model. Yeah. I'd love to have you just kind of talk a little bit about what you learned from them. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you all that don't know, my parents weren't Christians when I first got married. And and the Lord really captured their heart Mm. um, early. And um, I'll just say a couple things about my parents. But my my dad is an incredibly humble man. And I remember going with him to elder meetings at church. And just watching all the men in the room talk. And my dad would just sit back and listen. And then he would get up to say something. And the room would just go quiet. And his words mattered. Uh, because because of the way he had lived his life. Mm-hmm. The spirit was alive mm-hmm. in him. And mm-hmm. But he, lived, he, he led our family in the same way. Mm-hmm. And um, challenged us to, uh, to make decisions. He gave us the tools to make decisions. But empowered us to not just make every decision mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. us. And um, so I, I feel so privileged to have had that example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my parents had rough backgrounds, yeah, you yeah. know, and so they were still working through their stories and, um, and how their parents had impacted them yeah. like all of us. And, um, and so I think I learned so much watching them work through their past and then allow God to redeem their future. And, and uh, it's crazy to see what, being great parents has done, you know, as I watch my siblings I love in that. particular. Chad, explain a little bit more, because I think, you know, most people out there, what you said uh, about teaching your kids how to think well, yeah, teaching yourself how to work. Talk to us a little bit about that, because that's so important. Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, we live in such a world like there's just craziness going right? around and kids are wrestling with it. And you saw it with Cal and Cam for sure. Um but I think there's a tendency in the Christian culture to be like, hey, we're just going to keep our kids from being exposed to right. these things, which is impossible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially in the days of social media. And so I think we have tried to establish a culture in our family where it's like, hey, we're, we're not going to be able to keep everything from our eyes, 
but what we're not going to do is act like it didn't happen. There you go. And um, we're going to, so we may watch, like we used to love to watch with Miley and Isaac when they were little old, the show, The Voice. Okay. It's a fun show. Uh-huh. But there's also some inappropriate things yeah. on The Voice. Yeah. So we just said, hey, we're going to watch this show. And if any of us notice something that feels off or maybe like um, that comment wasn't right or whatever, yeah. Yeah. let's just pause and let's just talk about it. Yeah. And I think what we didn't realize we were doing, which we're really glad now, is that we were just teaching them to think about criti- critically about yeah. what they were watching. Mm-hmm. And and now today, um, as we were sharing with the students, you know, what the fun thing for me is my two oldest come and they lay on our bed before bedtime. And we just talk about their day and about what's happening with their friends. And and so we've the, it's like opened this window to have conversations and that's one thing Kat and I really wanted because we didn't have that with our parents mm-hmm. in the high school years mm-hmm. where it mm-hmm. felt like you could talk about things that were really happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Wow, that's awesome. So getting them to the point where they see things, but they, they're not afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. and just and just consume it, but actually go, what are they trying to mm-hmm. communicate to me? And I think that's what we're trying to do with mm-hmm. our students. Chad, what do you think modeled that for your kids to want to come lay? Because I bet every parent out there is going, man, I wish my kids would come yeah. lay on our beds with us. What do you think modeled to them what made them feel the safeness yeah. to come and lay on your bed with you? Yeah, I think it started with an invitation. Okay. And the invitation was consistent. Good. So, and that, that's the hardest thing as a parent, yeah. right? Is like... You ask a couple of times, but we, we just said, hey, at the end of the night, why don't you guys come in and let's just talk about our day, mm-hmm. even if it's for five minutes. And it's so funny because now, you know, Miley, even before she goes to bed, you know, she'll kind of creep into our room for just a couple minutes and do a little check in. And so it's become their routine. Yeah. Um, and it's fun because now Ansley and Judah are like, hey, when do we get to start, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as they get older? Mm-hmm. And so their their older siblings have modeled Mm -hmm. but i think it was just a matter of like hey we're just going to create this as a norm in our family like we pray before dinner like we do devo at night yeah at the end of the night we're just going to kind of rehash how was your day how are you doing how's friendships Mm -hmm. and i try as a as a dad just to have a trigger question Mm -hmm. every night that's like hey what was the most fun thing you did today yeah um, Yeah. what's the best friendship you have right Mm -hmm. now what makes it so great Mm -hmm. and just trying and that's an excellent way to do that because i know there's a lot of people out there going i don't even have a clue how to open that type of question up with my kids you know and you what you did is you just began to be personal with some trigger questions you know you know who's your friend uh what makes that friend a friend and you just begin to dig a little bit but making it very safe yeah yeah and it, it it's really one question a night like, that's right what, what class do you like in school right now or what what's something that's hard mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. try to not overcomplicate it but mm-hmm. just create a culture of of communication conversation good what do you say chad you know because this openness within family it is a huge thing that a lot of parents feel like their kids block them off as parents yeah what do you think causes kids to block Ooh, off their parents man that's a great question and you probably could speak to this too but i think i think the word you touch on is safety mm-hmm. and feeling like um if I share something with my parents, they're not just going to try to fix me right. or to tell me I'm wrong. And there is a place for parents to shepherd their kids' hearts yep. and give direction. But I think um, the, starting at the bottom shelf questions and just creating trust. And I think when you have that repetition where it's happening all the time, then when the bigger conversations come about picking a college or, you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, mm-hmm. the conversation doesn't feel like it's the first time you've had 
a big conversation mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the, you, you've created that trend. I love that. You know, for Karen and I, we were always trying to, you know, help our kids through their journey. You know, a sixth grade journey was a different than a seventh grade journey yeah. and an eighth grade journey. And then ninth grade became overwhelming of the journey that was there. And then ninth grade to high school. Oh my gosh, there was such a, you know, a difference there. And so, you know, Karen and I were always doing what you did in the same way. We were trying to develop a very safe environment, a very trust environment, a very freeing environment that we're not making our kids feel guilty. Hmm. Because a lot of times you make your kids feel guilty. They they know they're doing bad. So we would talk about those things at night. You know, kind of how could you handle that differently? Yeah. And not trying to make them feel bad, but how could we make this situation better? Yeah. And so it was really, uh, and we did it wrong, and For we sure. did it right. Yeah, you, know, you, you learn along night, the way. Yeah. I'd watch Cameron go, "Are you an idiot?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> I would go, "Oh my gosh, I am." Uh, but I wasn't afraid to tell him that I was too. Yeah. You know, that, that was a terrible question, you which, know? which created safety mm -hmm. for them to see. My mm -hmm. dad said, yep. Hey, I, I did this wrong. I'm so exactly. sorry. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think we watched you guys do it. And mm -hmm. then obviously working alongside of mm -hmm. Cali now, mm -hmm. uh, it's funny to watch the generations yeah. and, and what's been learned. I think too, you know, I know you guys talked a little bit about this, about, you know, driving contracts yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, a couple of students were like, man, that word contract just doesn't sit right with me. And I was like, I think, I think you have an, a problem with the word contract. Yeah. Yeah. What you're missing is that mom and dad are coming together, communicating about expectations yeah. and agreeing. Yeah. That is, I mean, I think every parent listening would say, if we could come to, if we could come mm -hmm. and talk about phone usage yep. or driving a car yep. and be on the same page of what expectations yep. are, that's a massive win. Yep. And I think that's just, that was one thing we learned watching you guys is just creating that culture where we're going to come together. We're not just going to yep. ma create mandates, but we're going to create safety mm. and we're going to shepherd mm -hmm. and guide this mm -hmm. thing together. The heart of a contract. You know, and a lot of people out there today are going, what do you mean by contract? Yeah, because you know, that word is just, yeah. it triggers people. Yeah. Well, Callie, you know, we were uh, at the age of probably 13 years old. We start going, you know what? There's going to be a day that some boy comes walking up to my door and knocks on the door and says, Mr. Chance, I want to take Callie on a date. And I'm going to go, well, when you turn 40, you know, which is always <laughs> the, kind the of, the, or, I'm, or I'm there cleaning my gun yeah, or, yeah. you know, sharpening my knives or bow. And, and uh, the fear factor never worked. And I'd always seen it not work on kids, yeah. but it had the exact opposite, re you know, effect on people. Yeah. Is that when they told, when they saw you telling that you could never do this, it didn't work. Yeah. And so by seeing it done, and I'm going to say it was wrong, different. I began to go, okay, what can we do that would take all the responsibility off of me and put it onto my kid in a safe way? Yeah. And so we just began to ask Callie, Callie, when you whatever that age is, I don't care what that age is of one day when some boy's going to ask you to homecoming or, you know, favorites or prom. We would just like to know what should be the steps that we look at as a parent before you go on that. Why don't you make us a contract yeah. that we just kind of look at? And this is what you want. And give us five, six, seven things that you think what you, that you want me to ask the boy before he goes on a date with you. And yeah. she goes, Oh dad, that's easy. And I go, this is great. She's yeah. 13. Everything's easy. And so she <laughs> writes down, uh, he's got to be a Christian. I said, that's awesome. What else? She goes, well, he's got to be memorizing scripture. I said, oh, that's, you're, you're, you're pigeonholing, yeah. but I don't mind. You're I'm going yeah, to let you keep going. Uh, he needs to be discipled. He needs to uh, go to church. 
And before long, I said, what I was thinking about 40, it probably will be 40. Yeah, that, yeah. that the 40 year old Definitely going to be in high school. Yeah, it's going to be a high school kid. It's going to be an older kid because nobody's going to live up to the standard. And what I was doing is creating an environment for her to go, I want you to think this through. So it kind of gave the bedside talks. It's critical thinking. Yes, yeah. it's critical thinking. It's teaching her to think. You created the contract, not me. And everything you put on the contract was about what you really, in your safety, want. But I know there's going to be a day that you're going to fight me on this, sweetie. Listen, you can always change it. The addendums can't be made, though, the night before. Yeah. Because we're, we, we've got to think this through, and mom and I and you have to talk this through about what is best about the contract that you make. So is the heart of the contract. It's just like the heart of the gospel. Yeah. You know, so many people, you ask them how they were saved, and they're going to say, by being good. Yeah. Legalism. All yeah. And you're that. going, no, not you're, at all. You're missing it's a grace heart. thing. And yeah. so, you know, we had a grace contract with her and with Cam at driving, dating, social media. And those are really the three primary areas that we just thought we've got to gain control of their phones. Yeah. Great, uh, greatest risk. Gaming, those yeah. things that were at the greatest risk that put them in the risk. And we knew we could never tell them no. All the way through. Yeah. Because when you tell a kid no, you're setting yourself up for failure. But if you teach them, like you said, to think, yeah, man, that's going to be successful one day. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest challenges probably for our listening audience yeah. is you, our kids are like always, what age mm. do I get this? Yeah. What age? And we constantly have to tell our kids, it's yeah. not about age, it's about maturity. That's right. And so when, when we talk about a phone... And, you know, let's say my third is about ready to get a phone. She's not. But if, if she was about to, we say it's about maturity, not yeah. about an age. Yeah. Well, the next question is, well, what does it mean to be mature? That's right. And that starts a conversation again, yeah. which is our goal. And so then we can define kind of what you're saying. But I think that's the challenge for parents. It's not every kid is going to get a phone at the same age. Well, and, and think about that. In today's world, technology is so easily and readily available to every kid. Totally. A two-year-old... I look at Chancy Grace, my grandchild. And she can log in. And she can log in and she can swipe and she knows exactly how to get to Coco Melon yeah. or whatever she's watching. Yeah. And I'm like, she does that faster than I do. Well, but then we say you can no longer use it because now we're going to wait your teenage years. And so there's a real dichotomy there of families going, okay, we've given them freedom early, and then but then we take, take it, it away. away yeah. And they don't, they don't understand that. So, Give us some ideas of, you know, usage that a parent in today's world maybe should do or some thoughts maybe they should yeah. think about. Yeah, I, just some th thoughts. So I'm really excited about, um, we've started a book with Ansley and Judah called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Mm, yeah. And man, in fact, I mean, even for Callie thinking yeah. about Knox in the future, but just a great resource to teach kids about how their mind works mm. in relation to addiction mm -hmm. um, and images. And, but I think... Um, coming up with with guidelines and boundaries that we agree on, and then understanding as they mature, um, you're going to have to let them begin to to shepherd themselves. And there's a balance there of like, okay, Miley gets a little more freedom right now yeah. with where she's at than Isaac. Right, Isaac gets way more freedom than Ansley. Right. They're in different stages in their development yeah. and maturity, and also um, you reward somebody that's faithful with a little. Yeah. yeah. And so because Miley and Isaac have done it really well. You can say, hey, you know what, you get this amount of screen time. Yeah. And we, we've we always targeted 45 minutes 
when our kids are young that they a get day? a day. Okay. So they get 45 minutes a day to choose how they use their time. And Chad, how do they do that? How do you monitor that 45 minutes? Yeah. I mean, we have a conversation. So there we go, you go. Hey, and Judah, as you know, Judah plans his whole day anyway. So he, he knows dad, I'm watching Looney Tunes tonight, 45 minutes. Um, you know, and yeah. he's got his thing. Anza's going to watch her cooking show. Whereas Isaac's is a little more complicated. He's more mature yeah. and he wants to watch the whole Cowboys game, yeah. which is not 45 minutes. Then the Blues game. Yeah. Then the Cardinal game. So yeah. that's a little more challenging. Uh-huh. Um, and then Miley, you know, where she's older and the shows she's watching are of a different nature yeah. than Looney Tunes. Yeah. And so I think keeping the doorway open to have conversations about what we're consuming and um, just being transparent. All yeah. of our phones have yeah. the same passcodes. There you go. Um so that makes it really easy. Good for um, you. Miley's is different now, but but I always have the passcode. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, just knowing that, mm-hmm. and and that's true for Kat and I, and I'm sure mm-hmm. for, true for you and Karen. Like you can get on each other's phones mm-hmm. and know what's going on. Yep. I have a lot of parents tell me, Chad, and I need you to help me a little bit with this. They go, they're blocking their kids, or they're able to uh, shut off all social medias at certain points of the day. Yeah. You understand a little bit more about talk. Can you talk a little bit into that? Because a lot of parents are just shutting down. Yeah. Rather than teaching people to think, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and and there are some tools that do that. I think the tricky thing is kids are just know that they're a hundred percent smarter than us when it comes to technology. <laughs> That's so good. I mean, they're a hundred percent smarter, and um, you know, there are kids that have used a reading nook yep. to connect on social media with mm-hmm. people and doing inappropriate things. So. Just parents, be wise, be shrewd, and don't think by blocking them, you're teaching them to think. That I think that's a huge challenge point. Mm-hmm. But I think um, if you can create transparency, which really mm-hmm. goes back to the mm-hmm. whole thing we're yep. talking about is trust yep. and communication about yep. expectations and where yep. where are we allowed to be on devices? Yep. Where do we charge our devices? All of those things, mm. um, I think if you can create, and especially with your first kid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that they model for the other kids is really, really huge. That's good. You know, that word modeling keeps coming up. And I really do believe that, you know, because Christ was our example. And Paul showed that model and always was that person that we said, you know, we need to follow Christ, you know. And, and so thank you for sharing that, Chad. That's great advice. And I know there's a lot of families out there, that, out there today that go, I needed to hear this, yeah. you know. Marriage is a blessing. I've been married for 38 years. You've been married for 21 years. And it just keeps getting better because we want it to be better. Yeah. I don't want to ever say, I did it. Yeah. When I get when I die and I go to heaven, the Lord will tell me that. Yeah. But I want to keep making my wife feel yeah. blessed. We're doing that, it, that's not we right. did it. That's right. That's exactly right. So, hey, thank you today for joining. We're going to give you guys more uh, things as we keep putting this thing on marriage together and raising our kids God's way. And Hey, thank you guys for joining with us. And I hope today encouraged you. I hope you've been blessed. And may the Lord bless you always. And have the best day ever. Bye now. Bye.